wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. Welcome to the three-on-one podcast. I'm your host, Matt Ryan, joined, as always, by my quarterback. You know him, you love him, Corey Hammond, a multiple-time A7FL champion, certified Hall of Famer, Big Rob Fabian. Gentlemen, we are heading into the first bye week of our A7FL season, as unlike other football leagues, we run into the holidays. So we will be taking this coming Sunday off, but we will be giving you our top ten But before we go into that and dive deeply into week two of the A7FL season, we have something that we debuted last week. If you listened to the three-on-one podcast, you didn't get this. This was only for our YouTube viewers and viewers on the zone. Ryan DePaul gave us a three-on-one editorial. Before we decided to record tonight, another member of our team decided to write and get approved a three-on-one editorial. As I am the editor-in-chief of this program, I needed to review it and make sure that it was done. Uh, now, with the second-ever three-on-one editorial, Corns Hammond. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, audience. But most importantly, thank you and congratulations to the Rawway Snow Tribe for their first victory of the season. And let's check out this Instagram post, the tagline here you're watching on the three-on-one podcast mr hammond can't make the cut again and in our game week two the boston omegas took on the snow tribe and they did win emphatically 51 to 6 in fact let it be known to the a7fl world that in my last four games i've lost by a combined score of 202 to 24 I know, right, Rob? (laughs) So why the shade after they cut me? Why do they care? Maybe it's because they are still trying to prove themselves right, even to members of their own organization. And maybe also because of this. Now, one low light out of context does not take away from an otherwise great performance by J. Keels who was three for eight, 53 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, eight attempts rushing for 129 yards and a touchdown. But yeah, if you're listening to us wherever podcasts are sold and not watching on a7fl.tv or our YouTube channel, check out the video of our film of that game, timestamp 333, if you're that concerned. Guys on the Snow Tribe were. And we can all agree that Jamal Williams is much more talented than my old ass. But there's still this. Again, Jamal only attempted one pass, a 40-yard touchdown to Eddie Pettyote. And he only had the two runs, this, whatever it is, and a 40-yard touchdown himself. And he's also working to become a Marine. Definitely a better man than me and definitely a better athlete. But the better choice, 
And in that Instagram post again, you could see it the at Snow Tribe Instagram or Snapface or whatever. <laughs> and check out their sponsor, Azuna, the antimicrobial odor blocker if your feet stank like theirs. But you could see me after the sack that they posted here in this play that you're witnessing. But this is how I got up and responded the next play. Later in the game, on a fourth and eight, the situational play type that the Snow Tribe most struggled with last year and so far this year, actually the exact situation that occurred against the U on their first drive when they were featuring the snowplow, and they put Keels in an impossible situation to come bail them out fresh off the sideline with no rhythm, I complete the pass, move the chains, and do the job to my guy, Euro Kenyatta, no less a guy who they didn't even want on their team that I would happily take, who had nine receptions for 100 yards Sunday, against a corner that played his college ball in the Big 12. Maybe I didn't make the cut, Snow Tribe, but you guys did call me back. And you guys are the ones that are still talking about it. Just to be clear, I play for the Omegas. And good luck next week because I went 20 for 37, 217 yards against you guys. What's Huff going to do? <clears throat> Matt, Rob? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, Matt, Rob, back to you. In the in the studio. Editorial from Corey Hammond. I, I was about to cut it off like three times. You'll see it on the video, me just talking like this. But we had to let our boy cook, and, well, he wasn't wrong. Uh, let's go into the top ten, because at least one of those teams mentioned are in our top ten. Uh, we are going to cut to the quick with it this week. We're going to show you the top ten, and we're going to break through it real quick. We got ghosts in there, Rob? going on <laughs> and and unfortunately joey Bate, um woody ness charles if you're listening to this wherever podcasts are sold matt was saying are there ghosts in there to rob who's shaking stuff away he wasn't yeah. necessarily talking about the top 10 the ghosts yeah nah definitely not talking about the but, ghosts. but shout out to joey Bate for having a cool ass highlight despite losing last week and we'll go through the scores and uh talk about some of our thoughts of some of those games that'll be the primary focus of this week's pod We'll dive deep into week three next week on the show as it's yeah. a holiday week and I'm very tired. Sunday took a lot out of me. Facts. Not going to lie. I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> I think I got a cold from that fucking booth. Uh, let's go to the top 10. No real surprise here at the top of our list. The BIC number one in the unofficial A7FL top 10. The Patterson U after defeating the DC Buzz are at number two, moving up one spot for the first time in the A7FL three-on-one top 10. A Las Vegas team is at number three, Rob, the Insomniacs, taking the three spot after a defensive battle against the Renegades, uh, which was not what anybody thought heading into that game. Uh, the Silk City Animals move all the way up to number four, being 2-0. and oh. uh, All four teams at the top of this list are undefeated. Uh, ball four, 2-0. Oh. The Nightcrawlers are 1-0. and oh. They are in the five spot after defeating the Ghosts 40-14. to 14. Uh, At number six, after falling to the BIC, and you can watch that back now in an A7FL fast forward on our YouTube channel, the Baltimore Watchmen at number six. And that's not an indictment of their talent. It's just they they lost. They lost by a decent margin. And they're still in the top 10. They're still in the top six. They're in the top, you know, just right under the first half because those other teams are undefeated. That That's, to, in my opinion, the, the crux of that. But we move to number seven, the sick with it, moving up a bunch of spots uh, to the seventh spot. Making their first ever appearance on the top 10 are the 2-0 North Vegas Kryptonite. 
after defeating the Hunters in our third game of the week. In the nine spot, uh, still undefeated, still on this list, but in the nine spot because they were unable to play this week, but we can't penalize them because the game was uh, postponed until May due to reasons beyond the team's control, the Sin City Chaos. And at number 10, the Vegas Foses, after the sick with it, got the win on Sunday at Bonanza High School. Uh, let's run through this top 10. Uh, we had a very long conversation via text on Monday night that turned into a 45-minute to an hour phone call. Uh, the top four, I would say, were unanimous. Five and six were a conversation. Seven through 10 were an argument and... I won't, I won't say argument in a negative sense, but more of an evaluation where we are with the limited sample size we have two weeks into the season. And it is what we're doing in a sense isn't fair because lists like this aren't inherently fair to begin with because these are variables that are not a constant. The only thing that are is a constant is that these teams play football. Everything else is at the will of weather, at the, which we saw in the Renegades and Animals game because it was 25 to 30 mile-per-hour winds the night right. after a tornado warning down on the Jersey Shore. Uh, the BIC getting the win against the Watchmen in a game that all three of us thought the BIC were going to win – but we came out of that one as impressed with the Watchmen, despite giving up the win and walking out of that game with their first and possibly their only loss on the season. And what was the interesting, Patterson, you go oh, ahead, go ahead. What was interesting, no, ahead, it, it felt like as, as we were talking about it last night, the more we would argue with points for one team, the argument of, in, in favor of one team would be the counterpoint argument against another team. So, mm -hmm. for instance, we were talking about the you and the Insomniacs. Like, who do you put above them? Well, the Insomniacs have the sick with it win, but the sick with it win was, you know, nothing until the sick with it beat the force. And then who did the force beat? The force beat the pit bosses, but lost to sick with it. So when we were talking about the you, yeah, the you only really played, and no disrespect that they played teams that didn't necessarily live up to the top 10, you know, standards. But guess what? They they handled both of those games. They won pretty convincingly in both of those games. And even though we were saying stuff like, well, the Insomniacs have a, a better win against Sick With It, that was only by a few points. So when we're looking at and trying to do these metrics after week two, and I think that was, Rob, that was your biggest point, is that after two weeks, it's just almost, it's near impossible to try to do anything other than give teams credit for the teams that they've played and what they've done, and then try to assess based on the information that we have, knowing that in a couple of weeks, these are going to be a little bit more accurate to what the actual consensus would be around the league. Exactly. And that, that was my main point always. It's just because we have such a small sample size, two games, just two games, the metrics to me have to be very specific this early because later in the season is going to get a little wonky. When we talk about things being wonky, we look at where we are right now. The Vegas Force are on the outside looking in of a playoff spot. The Sick with it, well, the Sick with it as well. Both of those teams are one and one. The Kryptonite and the Insomniacs are the only two teams without a loss in A7FL Nevada. And those two teams right now are the favorites to make it to the Western Conference semifinals and to the Western Conference finals in Cincinnati in July. On July 9th, we will so be deciding who will be going to the A7FL championship game heading into Vegas. So just for fans that aren't aware, and maybe myself, how, how many teams from the Vegas division actually uh, face off to decide who the, the, the Vegas division champ is? Well, let me pull up my playoff schedule here. But I got it. Throwing me, throwing me through a loop here, Corey. 
Honestly, uh, I, the way you just the way you just rolled it off about those the the the, the way that the playoff situation I, I didn't so, mean to put you in the spotlight. So right that. now, right now there will be two teams in the divisional final four from Las <laughs> Vegas. Okay. So right now, if we were playing knockout rules, both the teams that would make it are the sick the 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 kryptonite. And the Insomniacs because they're both undefeated. So only the top two regular season record finishers in the Vegas divisions get a chance to face the the two from the LA. California division. Yes. So that means that one of these three teams that we just put into the top ten is actually going to be not just OLI week to week on the top ten potentially but outside looking into even a chance at the playoffs. So, you know, as the, the, the weeks trek on that, that second spot, that first spot's going to be huge, especially for Vegas. Cause there's eight teams fighting for those two spots. And I think there's at least three of them that could be in the running form right now. So there's no bye weeks for the top one and two, then the divisional, none of that. It's just these top two. The divisional teams. final four will take place on June 11th. Mm-hmm. Then it will be the division championships, which will basically be the best teams from Vegas and LA. They play a final four. Then those two teams will play. Same thing with Ohio. They'll play a knockout round. And then the same thing for Florida and the same so, thing for the Northeastern division. So everyone gets a knockout round. Yes. So one and two get a bye week, three versus five, four versus no. Six. It'll be one versus four, two versus three. So the northeast. Oh, so that week before so like, that. You get ahead, what I'm asking? That week, that week before, right? There's no wild card round. Give me one. There is a wild card round. There is a oh. wild card round that'll take place uh, the final week of the season. So the week after Ooh. Memorial Day is okay. when we'll have our wild card. Nice. Which teams will make it in. And then from there, it'll be the divisional final four where the the four best teams from the Northeast will play each other. Okay. And the two team, you know, the two te- the four best teams from Vegas and LA and Ohio will decide on divisional champion for the division, the national ch- quarterfinals, the right. national semifinals, pardon me. Okay. And then on uh, June 25th, we'll see the top two teams from the Northeast play, which right now would be the BIC and the Animals. Oh, oh. Based on record, yeah. Indeed. Based on record. It's based on record. So it would be the Animals and the BIC. Wow. Or the U does, but doesn't the U have a better point differential? Because they're two and two. Think so? Because they got to. Oh yes, yeah. Shut up. Animals had a shutout. Yeah, they did. Yeah, shut but that's out. only yeah, seven. So... Yeah, but that's only seven point differential. But they they did play uh, the Omegas, so right. I forgot about so that. That's, uh, that's kind of. Yeah, so I about that about yeah technically, the animals are the top team in the Eastern Conference right now. Holy! For all shit. intents and purposes, because they have fifty three net points. But I mean, you can hit, realistically, head on. Head on, go ahead. Go ahead. Head on over to a7fl.com slash standings. You can take a look at that with us right now. But technically, the Kryptonite are the top seed in the West. The Insomniacs are too because the Kryptonite have scored more points. And shout out to Darnell Richardson, who has been on a mission now. He's going to have some tougher games later on the season, and we're going to see if he can keep that, that number two spot. But I'm glad to see the Kryptonite in there. And uh, Lex Luthor, the supervillain in there, into the top 10 for the first time. Rob, what, what's your biggest either surprise or gripe about the top 10, do you think? Um, I mean, I, I think I think we made it very clear during our, you know, debate. Yeah, I, I no, I, I remember. Yeah, it was more of a debate because, again, I think friends don't argue, right? Because I don't think it was an argument. Um, I don't agree with the top 10 from 5 to 10. Probably. Well, just just give us your opinion then, because I don't no, think no, you, I mean, you were wrong. I don't yeah, think yeah. we were right. I think it's interesting if if the 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 league gets both sides of it. Right. It's just with the because we have such a small sample size, like we said earlier, the metric on which we're actually placing guys in the top ten 
is a little, it's a little rough because for me, it's always about record, right? And when record becomes the issue, you know, everybody's two and zero, and then based off the eye test of what we see, we know which teams kind of go where. But as Matt kind of just said, if we're going by net points, BIC is not even number one, and which is they, honestly. So if if we were looking at the points, the the point totals right now, the animals would play the watchman. The U okay. would play the BIC in a northeastern knockout round. Okay. In Vegas, it would be the Kryptonite playing the sick with it and the Insomniacs playing the force. Okay. Because the national and I have to say we've talked about the West's path to a championship game. That is not an easy task for the kryptonite or the force to, to no. get through the insomniacs for the force and, and for the kryptonite to get through the sick with it. Right. I think that those are tough challenges and I'm not going to knock Darnell Richardson. I'm not going to knock the coaching of the force. But if it does not come down to, in my opinion, the Insomniacs and the Sin City Chaos in the Western Conference Championship, I will be very surprised. Well, mm. let's be let's also be fair to the the trends out in Nevada because they've been setting a lot of trends. They're setting the trend that the fall is back in vogue. They're setting trends on you know where we're playing games, but they're also setting trends on is that the team that thinks they're the best out there for whatever reason and is vocal about it. Um, they've been getting some comeuppance or, or whatever we want to call it. So, you know, the force after their pit boss win, I was a little leery because it's almost, you know, the thing. So let's just hope the insomniacs uh, remember because both Scooter, Trey and Munchie who played quarterback last weekend, all three of those guys have been part of those ups and downs, whether they were on the, the kryptonite or the pit bosses in the fall, or now they're on the insomniacs. You know, they do look to be that Vegas all-star team. But to be honest, even though I think they proved a lot, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a carousel where, yeah, the Insomniacs be sick with it. But what if when the Insomniacs play the Kryptonite, the Kryptonite figure out a way? Maybe oh, it's, I mean, re I maybe it's I revenge. Maybe it's something else. And then what happens when the Force beat the Kryptonite because somehow maybe they have their number and then we get this situation where it's a little bit muddied. But I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to keep talking about that there's a Vegas division in our league, Rob, and right. that to be fair, they are putting out pretty good game film and some pretty good highlights to add to, you know, our OG stuff that we got handled out here. Indeed. Indeed. And again, when net points actually right now, so just to be clear, the national top 10 is not considering net points. National, nationally ranked, I guess, BIC would be number one. But in the Northeast, based off of two freaking weeks of football. Yeah, that's the unfair thing. You know what I'm saying? That's the unfair thing that has the animals that are the legit number one team in the Northeast. Well, the let's, playoff, you know, so. Let's just talk about the animals a little bit. Because yeah. I think I think that, that that one of the things that some of our league is going to miss out on is some of the extra juice that was going into the Animals Renegades game week two. And the fact that it was the 10 a.m. game, I think, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I think that some of our audience wants to get a little bit more into detail about that matchup. Would you would you say yes or no? I think that would be fair. I, I'd say yes. Because Hell, it was we a can great watch game. We, we can do a watch along of the game right now if we wanted to. Shout outs to what, all of our staff here at a7fl.tv to make that even possible. If, uh, if that's on. what you guys want to do, we can watch the game right now. Because it's already it condensed the most, to the 15 yeah, minutes, right? It was it was probably the more controversial game out of all the games that were played. Well, I think we could even just say it and then move on to something else. You know, there's three things that happened in that game. There's there's the actual res there's the, the there's the buildup, the actual result. And I think the hidden story, and I was talking about this with Kenny Stansbury and then uh, Matt Ryan was in the background um, with, with some of the guys, I think it was David Silverman, um, our stat. Well, I shouldn't even say who, who he is. Everybody's out for our, our guy, Dave, but um, <laughs> um, Matt was like, yeah, look, 
this is this is what I have to deal with while I'm trying to set up games. Corey's trying to do another podcast. But when watching <laughs> that game, Rob, and I was calling it to you on your drive in, but watching that game, the, the buildup was there was the talk between the quarterbacks. And they both had a lot to say, and they both said it proudly. And both of them are championship-winning quarterbacks in the A7FL. So they both, they, they both had every right to do whatever they felt was right in the buildup to that game. But what was interesting, Rob, is, is that when it came down to it, although those Warriors both fought of the elements, great rosters on the, that they were facing, because I still respect the Renegades, even though they're 0-2. That was one of the things that we talked about in the top 10. And maybe we can elaborate on that after, after this. But what the stats and what the result will tell you is that the Renegades lost seven to nothing and that Huff not only scored the touchdown, I think he threw it, but he had the two picks. Right. And with all the stuff that was being said in the lead up, that means a lot. And especially out of context, when we talk about that game, that Huff not only won the game on offense, but he made it, but he had the two interceptions himself personally on defense. He- yeah, he had the most the controversial interception that stopped the score. Then yes. he had the game ceiling interception that pretty much ended the game, and a ton of it did end the game. It was literally yeah. the last play of the game, and right. that will be what the stats will show you. But Rob, you mentioned it. The, the Renegades on fourth and seventeen had probably their best opportunity of the game, in which CP3 threw a jump ball to Dondre Haynes, and Dondre Haynes extended for it. So did Quattro Huffman, who jumped and grabbed it. And we're not going to get into the semantics of whether the call was right or wrong. But what I will say is, is that as much as we respect the animals, putting them at number four, as much as we respect BIC, once again, having them at number one, the fact that the Renegades lost by one score to both the number one and the number four team, when they had a mm-hmm. chance to maybe tie, maybe get close enough, maybe change some things with some of the things that happened late in the game for the Renegades. And obviously that play that decided it in the end zone that they called an interception. I would say that even though they're 0-2, I would be very leery of, of, of underestimating the Renegades because not only did they lose – and CP3 threw the two interceptions, which might be the story. They played a hell of a game against a team that we think is the fourth best team in the country. 100%. I don't disagree with the words you said. The animal, the Renegades, even me being there, because again, you were you were giving me the play-by-play on the ride there. Um, then I ran into Pedro, who was Pedro from the Snow Tribe, who was actually broadcasting it live. And I was g- giving a little pseudo announcing to that live. Um, Sh- shout out to It's Dro. Check out his streaming. He's, uh, he's, a good, he's a good gamer and such. Shout out to Dro. Um, what I saw out there was a very talented team that just made a few mistakes. Liberty dropped a strike of a pass. CP3 put it on the money. Liberty dropped it. Breezy dropped a strike from CP3. So I'm watching this and thinking, man, the story is going to be CP3 sucks and Huff is just better because of the win. But it's like, you have to be there to really see that CP3 was on the money with a lot of these throws. CP3 wasn't off the way people might think he's off. It's like these, these guys on the Renegades have to catch the ball. I asked Liberty, hey, bro, what happened? He said, yo, it's on me. Patted his chest. There's no other words after that. There's nothing you could say. He took accountability and just kept it pushing. But those are championship plays. Those are the plays that are going to make a difference seven games down the line. When you remember, maybe that play would have changed the trajectory of where this team was going to go. And right now, they might be the best 0-2 team I've seen in a long time to be honest with you. So I, and, I would and, just suggest that and the does Renegades the road, does the road get harder or easier for them? Because Corey sure. Price so far on the season had, he was nine for 26 on Sunday, 158 yards, two touchdowns. He rushed for four yards, 44 yards. And he got a TD. Pardon me. That was week one. He was, was 14. He was five for 14 on Sunday. Uh, so not necessarily great, and those are composite stats, and we'll get, we'll get full stats on that uh, on a7fl.com. But the road for the DC, for the Rawish No Tribe 
isn't easy and neither is it for the renegades the renegades path is the next two weeks are interesting matchups because i think that's going to prove what this team actually is well so going up we- against in two weeks from now, they go. They come down to Baltimore or DC to yeah, face. They go the down buzz. to DC to take the buzz. Yeah, they face right. the buzz in DC, and then they come and, back up here to play well, the Snow Tribe. Then they play the Omegas. Okay, okay. Let's let's x out the Omegas and talk about this two game spread that the Renegades have. Off the top of your head, if I ask you who would win between the Renegades and the DC Buzz with a healthy healthy Mark Diggs or Cam Boogie at quarterback, there's no way you can give me a quick answer as to who would win. No. No. I also feel on that's off the top of your head, if I said the same thing with the Snow Tribe, I don't think you can give me, without being biased, there's no way you can give me a quick answer because what the Renegades are in 0 and 2 i've seen sparks of them that can possibly be better than the 1 and 1 snow tribe or the 0 and 2 dc buzz but the dc buzz have faced the toughest two opponents anyone could have possibly faced this year except for maybe the renegades right exactly. so yeah so now the renegades have a two game slide where if they're unfocused they can lose those games if people decide and not then to they end up, the season against the watchman and the U that's how they end their season to start off end off and two that's tough yeah there there's a the the best right now they can finish in my opinion is three and four unless they catch the U or the watchman on a bad day the the high watermark for them is one game below 500 damn well that isn't that what they were a year ago uh, well, I think that's the safe estimate, and I think it, it's it's likely. Um, but I think I think if if what they showed against BIC and the Animals, two teams that we have high higher ranked than, you know, at least the Watchmen right now, um, you know, maybe they face these other teams that are going to be the tougher tests on their schedule. And look, I don't know, if, like you said, Rob, I don't know if we say that it's an easy decision, but I might say that the the buzz with their questions at quarterback go into that renegades game in two weeks as an underdog and i think that even though the the snow tribe got back on track with with their win in week two i think that they you know i think that in two weeks they face the animals if i'm not mistaken so that win that that game against the renegades might have to be a, a must win situation for the snow tribe at that point um if they aren't able to pull it out against huff and the, and the huffables so the, for the renegades i mean it, week to week it's just test after test really and if 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 we talk about iron sharpening iron though maybe by that point when they face a, a, a watchman where they face the u they've worked themselves into a rhythm where they can trust their defensive line to put pressure on those quarterbacks. And but I don't is it creating a false sense of expectation though. Because well, I think those the expectation three games is that as they're compared to the four. last two they play. Realistically, are, if they were going to go over 500, they probably need needed if you look at the schedule, they probably needed to beat the animals. Yeah. But, uh, but let's see how the rest agreed. of the season shakes out and if they can get on this the right track, you know, Ryan DePaul will be the first to tell you that he loves the, the Renegades and their roster. But it just goes to show you how deep, how deep the Northeast is. No, honestly, because they're floating right now. They're floating at 0 and 2. If if they win the next three games, they'll be three and two. But then the, that ultimate test in those next three games, you have to grow with your team to the point that you can have them match up well against the Watchmen, which I don't think is a far-fetched thing. I think they can match up with the Watchmen. I've they were closer in point. They were in closer in points to BIC than the Watchmen yes. were last week. Indeed. So that tells me we we actually touched on it a little bit. Are the Renegades is the Renegades problem that they either play up to their competition or down to their competition, which will always result in a loss because they'll never actually get past that competition. Because if they're better than the team, they'll play down. But if the team is better than them, they'll play up. And well, either th- way, it's a disadvantage for them. 
Well, I think they have three weeks to kind of figure it out. But the first, the first test, guys, last year after a three and zero start from the, uh, yeah, three and zero, yeah, three and zero start, yeah, after a three and zero start in Renegades, they beat me. <laughs> Another situation, right, where I get, uh, I get destroyed. But they went and they played the DC Buzz, feeling like high, great, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And it's a tough matchup to play the DC buzz based on what they have, because if Mark Diggs plays this style kind of negates one of their best attributes as a team. Now, I think Trey Baskerville's raised his level as a defensive end. I think Dondre Haynes has only missed a step in, in some of those plays that I think he can get back in the offense. I don't think he's missed anything on defense. And as long as Malik can stay healthy, I think their defensive line can carry them. So it'll be interesting to see how their season progresses. But I think another interesting game to talk about, guys, is that that force Sikwita game. Because you talked about it, Matt. In the Vegas division, teams are going to start sorting themselves out. And a 21-14 win isn't emphatic. It's not, you know, it's not dramatically, you know, it's not like what, what we said the worst case scenario for the force were that they got blown out. But for a team that the entire offseason in the fall – and even even the preseason when when we got past the fall with the jamboree, the force were really confident that they were building in isolation. But now they finally face a team that is isn't the pit bosses. No disrespect to Coach Bartley, uh, K Uno, and you know the shirt that I was wearing a couple of weeks ago, but they cut me, so whatever. <laughs> I think that what we've seen from the force is is that they got to get back on track and they got to figure out, you know. What are what they have to catch up to all the changes that's been happening around them as they've been isolated in a bubble, right? Right, and and how much of it is oh, this sick with it team is something we don't know, and they have athletes who have played in this league before. That entire division is quixotic to me because there's so many things that we've seen done out here that they're doing out there, but there's the teams that are the most consistent in how they operate as a team. Well, first, I think before we'll we go any better. further, Matt, I know Rob knows, but can you tell me what Quicksonic means? Weird, questionable, like you're questioning yourself. Gotcha. Okay. So, Listen, we've we've had a pretty good show. I had to throw us off the rails a little bit there. But I think what we've been told from the people out in Vegas is that to trust the force, that they know what they're doing. And I think to a certain degree, I think we had to, right? By default, they won it out there. But the thing that's been happening out in Vegas is all of the extra games and and attention and, and work that they've been putting in. I mean, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that the guys that played in the fall from the week one of the fall to the championship of the fall got so much better at a seven, not really necessarily at football. They're all the same football players, but they got that much more experience at a seven, which is your point the whole time that now they're out playing the team that was the, the best team in Vegas and out a sevening them probably like so Look, shout out to my guy, Lavish T. Uh, you know, it's it's Jeremy Geary, I think, out there, the quarterback. He's he's balling out there. And uh, you can't forget Darren Palmer going head top on somebody. But, look, the Force have a, a tough game in two weeks against the Insomniacs. And if they want that, if they want that belt, if they want that title this season, they better fix it in this, in this bye week. And I think that they can. And even though Coach Mack thinks I'm a, a terrible journalist, I think he's a pretty good coach, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what they do against the Insomniacs. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see that matchup too. Uh, let's go through the squ- what what Rob what what you got you, Rob you had Rob face there, buddy. I had a Rob face. No, 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 nothing. That's that's only, for, that's only for the a7fl.tv and YouTube fans. If you're Listen, if you're watching and, us and, or um, listening to us wherever pod and the zone, I always forget about the zone. Sorry, the zone. You got oh, shout my favorite, to, honestly. Shout out to my the zone brother Anthony Joshua for the win. You feel me? We just gotta gotta let let, let it be known. That's our guy right now. <laughs> We're on the same network, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's just silly, right? Like that, like we can we can acknowledge the fact that that's silly. 
that are our rinky dink podcast and and our and and our broadcast of football are on the same platform as Canelo Alvarez and Anthony Joshua. That's ridiculous. That's silly. But things that are not silly, we were talking about it. Let's run through the scores from this week. The DC Buzz fell to the Patterson U 31 to 12. The BIC got the win 36-27 over the Watchmen. And in our third game, the Kryptonite sent the Hunters back into the desert on the Big Rag Shark, 47-18. The Animals defeated the Renegades by the defensive score of 7-0. The Insomniacs defeated the Pit Bosses, 49-6. The Over the Top got the 54-34 win against the Gold on Fox 5.2. Woohoo to the QC Crush, who defeated the Olatangi Volcanoes in a much closer-than-expected 31-24 game. Uh, the heist and the chaos will be playing on May 13th. The sick with it barely beat out the force 21, 14, the snow tribe beat the Omegas as stated at the top of the broadcast, 51 to six. And the night crawlers with Deontay Henderson and company defeating the ghost 40 to 18. Not a, not a, not a great week for defense in the league. Um, but Trey Baskerville, a defensive standout, uh sure. Tom to from the BIC had yeah Taj First is time we really got to see Kenny him. who Kenny mentioned he was the he was the rookie on defense that he was talking about. Right, right, so, right. So we're gonna have to get used to that uh the, the pronunciation of that last name. But I think I think a good question too is is for you guys, who is your player of the week? Now I think we talked about this in the group Ooh. call a little bit. But there was a lot of great performances, and I think the first to mention as 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 a as a potential honoree is uh, our guy Quatrell Huffin, who not only led the team on offense, but with those two picks. When you're just talking about stats, and 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 for going two and zero on the week, you know that, that was a pretty impressive week for for Huff, our guy. At yeah, the, the animals. It's it's it's. If we had to give a top players, I feel like you can't give it to one specific player. Well, Huff who else do you nominate? The, I think uh, I you think, can't. I, yeah, I think we should. I think we should all just pitch somebody in because it's it's going to be very hard to pinpoint just one guy. Because I saw some I phenomenal agree. performances. I might just say like six or seven. <laughs> well, let's shout, do out, the top shout seven. out to shout out to Xavier Vinny, tight end, wide receiver. Defensive back for the Boston Omegas. Not only did they have eight receptions for 107 yards and a touchdown, but he also had the interception. Oh, Goose. That's him. That's my guy. But go on. Shout out, Goose. I, I had um, to uh, derail the show. Why not? Look at my hat. Huff, Huff is definitely up there um, with a performance like his. Again, there was only one score, sure. Whether, whether it was seven or eight, I'm not sure, but whatever Pretty that sure final seven. score was, seven to zero. Um, Huff was responsible for that touchdown. Huff had at least seven tackles in that game. Huff also had a few deflections on maybe the biggest tight end in the league. And he stopped, he got an interception on the touchdown play and the game ending play. To not even to not mention him in a top player of the week is kind of insane. Um, yeah, yeah he was my first so, guy, so yeah, so. <laughs> You know, definitely Huff and number two, even though this is not in any specific order, but another guy I think we should definitely mention right off the gate is Ashante Hollywood Worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Holy how could you not? Shit. What yeah. a game. What a game. I mean, and he, then he's it, our MVP I, candidate two weeks into the season. Like he's now, our, he's my MVP vote right now. Now, in a game that I learned who Hefe was because he was balling against BIC for a little bit. Oh, right? Yeah, he was cooking. Yeah. It almost it was almost like Hefe's performance for the Watchmen urged Ashanti on to be like, all right, hold my beer. And then all of a sudden, Shanti does the Shanti things. That 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 hook that he took back and forth, zigzag. What? I I loved your commentary on that because you really told the kids, hey, hey, you don't do this. You are not Ashanti worthy. You're <laughs> do not, not do not try this at home. This is, these are trained professionals here. It's like the jackass uh, opening, you know, opening screen. Like, bow, 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 bow. you try, uh, and you try to do about, oh, go ahead. Well, you try to do the Ashante worthy back and forth in youth football. 
Cram is going to be your middle name. So until you get to the level of Ashanti worthy Hollywoodness, north and south, my young friends. Um, talking about returners, Savion Cunningham had a great day for the OTT. Iquan Corsi had what many are calling the fastest three-on-one return in A7FL history. For the uh, night, right? that, he like shot like no, a I'm, bullet up the field. Yeah, I'm trying to understand what that means. Like, are we saying like his he's that fast? Like he no, got he, from one side to the next. No, from when was he got the ball like, to when he got to the end zone. It was almost like he was literally running a a, a sixty-five yard dash. Like it was just catch yeah. as fast as you can, run straight to the end zone. There was no one in his way, apparently. Also. But he was cooking straight, no hesitation, no huss, no regard for Big Rob's aspect of the highlight. He just said, I'm headed for six. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he fooled me because I think he was wearing K.J. Burrell's jersey. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That the right? secret sauce. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. But um, I think also, man. Darnell Richardson, I'm going to keep saying his name because he's now probably up to seven touchdowns. You see the scores of him games, 50 plus, 47 plus. I can't wait till he has one of these top performances and and, and the, the rest of the A7FL can see him on the games of the week. But unfortunately, I'll be uh, probably working with my guys for the Omega, so I'll miss that call. And another guy I definitely can't hesitate to mention, Tony Totap. Wow. Oh, my God. Marlon Anderson had himself a day. Wow. Uh, Same thing with Ricardo Freeman. Like there were a lot of great players coming out of that game. OG Buck had a solid start uh, for the, for the Watchmen. Carlos Crosley had a really solid first half. His first half was elite. And then his second half was just like, eh, Hey, I want to give Trey Loke a chance. Big Rob's (laughs) big Rob's big Rob needs more Trey Loke in his life. No, but I mean, that's going to be the thing for you. Right. Is Carlos Crosland plays like that. They're likely not going to be able to be beaten. And and for all the talk about the wind, let's just say that Carlos Crosland throwing the tight spiral with the with the arm that he has. He's had two of the nicest passes this season into that. Honestly. Honestly. So is he replacing Huff and we're confident that Huff is replaced? We'll know more after they play BIC and no disrespect. Again, you're going to be the only one from here on out even in the last time we talked about it, that mentions Huff. We're not mentioning Huff. Huff Huff is on the Huffables. There's nothing. Right now, the way things look to me, when I look at the U, I don't even think of Huff. Like, I don't it's know. Just, I don't, I'm a quarterback, I don't, so of course I'm going to. It, it, so, he's so entrenched in the DNA for this team. For me. Croslin's done a great job stepping in. And, and he's being himself. He's not being yeah. Huff. You know, it's interesting because when we saw him before, we saw him for the Gators against, I think it was BIC, right? Or was yeah. it the U? I'm going to be honest no, with you. I've never, watched, I've never watched the Carlos Croslin game and thought he well, was Well, the good. Carlos Croslin game that we, I remember specifically is, is when his name, you know, they gave us these sheets and this is my nickname. He says, I'm the GOAT. So he obviously has a confidence. And he went out there and he balled and he showed a lot of the same things. It's just obviously when you're taking on a defense like the, like the defenses we're talking about, you know, you're not going to have the same statistical, you know, brilliance as when they were facing the DC buzz, but next week, interesting next week. Yeah. Next week. It's going to be really interesting to see how Croslin responds to the BIC to see how the U offensive line deal with that. Because can we really say that Croslin's faced a ton of pressure yet this season? And, and it's not an indictment on Croslin. No, it's more of or the teams they play. I will I will just, say the DC Buds had the, the, the Gators defensive line guys. So Cal Bone and 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 that that core group did not, at times. Well, they did at times get a little bit of pressure on them, but it's um, not gonna be anything good of like offensive line. Yeah, it's not you're, it's you're, not gonna be anything like what but, they but even then I'm be honest with you, you're selling everyone's kind of selling that game short. That game is not just about matchups and D lines, and this is a 2022 championship rematch where guys from the U are still a little bit salty from that game and BIC is still holding their nuts saying ha 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 we bust your ass th- three times in a regular season and, and then we bust your ass in the chip so it's like that game my question is not if Croslin's ready to play 
just standard seven-on-seven football? Is he ready for that atmosphere of that, that level game? of championship yeah, because, level play? Yeah. yeah, that game is not like it's not going to be like any other game that you see. Yeah, and that's going to be fire. And that's the, you question. have a test the next three games. Damn. Because they they take on after this game, they play the BIC next week. The week after that, they play the Watchmen in Jersey. Damn. Damn. Then they play the Animals. Damn. Then they play the Omegas and the Renegades. All three of those games you mentioned were rival games, and here's why. And you, all three of those games are games of the week games, too, so we will be I, I getting those it. games right oh, here I'm on excited. the zone. So the first game is BIC versus the U, which is, again, a championship rematch. There's tons of things to go back and forth about. The story is there. The very next game, you said it's the Watchmen mm-hmm. versus the U. There's tons of Baltimore guys on that U team who had friends and and guys that were supposed to be on the U, leave the U to go to the Watchmen. Yep. That game is going to be intense. And then and just then, to top it off. They have to go against their former quarterback and a yeah. bunch of – that's an inner city game where a bunch of those guys are still from Patterson. Got, and also, that's oh, those wow. next three games are essentially knockout games. They really are. Those are that's a tough three game stretch, man. Because if the U, if the U, if the U, the best case scenario would probably be taking two out of the three. Right. They're not going to sweep all three. Well, I, if, I find they beat, that, if they beat BIC, then they're the type of team that. They oh could. no! Yeah, if they beat BIC, they're sweeping. For sure. I mean, not definitely, though. But, no, 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 the, no, no. For sure. The matchup. I think the matchups they could go different ways, but. I think if, if they beat BIC next week, then the U team that 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 is the the twenty twenty three U team is going to be a tough team for be for those other teams, not the other way around. They they also might get bit by the schedule bug because those three games, let's say they walk out of that and they take two games, they beat the Watchmen and they beat the Animals. Okay, so they're four and one. That basically creates a must-win situation for the animals and the Watchmen to fight for that three and four spot. Oh, because sure. what happens if because the after this the animals play the Snow Tribe next week, then they play the Buzz, then they get the BIC, they get the U, and then the BIC, and then they end against the Omegas. And it's safe to it say that we're in a situation where the the animals might walk out five and two. And the animals don't play the Watchmen at all. No, the animals don't That's play the Watchmen. They, the only nef- time they may play them is in the playoffs. So then we'll have to go record. There's no head-to-head and then net points. That's going to suck. <laughs> oh my and the God. Watchmen, their schedule the rest of the way is the Omegas, the U, the Buzz, the Renegades, and the Snow Tribe. So That's in terms so of losses they might they might lose to the u but outside of that they might walk out six and one five and two the watchman yeah five and two which would put them yeah. at the same five and two as the, as the animals. animals and the u the would u. be two the u but that, then yeah. don't we get the three versus the six and the four versus the five no it'd be the one versus it's one versus four two versus three right and then for the BIC, they play the U, then they play the Omegas, then they play the Snow Tribe, the Animals, and then the Buds. The the U game, I think, is their toughest test for the rest of the season. And to be completely honest, they may go undefeated again. At, at, at worst, they may go 6-1. and one. So right now, coming out of the Northeast – we might already have our playoff scenario. It may be BIC versus the Watchmen, the U versus the Animals. And wow. that's if Chalk. That's, Here, that's here's if here's my question: Can can the Snow Tribe get four more wins? Can the Rene- the Renegades, the Buzz, and the Omegas would have to run the table to get into the playoffs right now? And that ain't happening. And that that's not conceivable. The watchmen, like the watchmen or the animals, have to fall down bad. 
Isn't there that wild card fall. round though in in the East where the three and the six and the four and the five go? Yeah, the three and the six and the four and the five would play. And so they would the, who would be who would be the six and the five then? Right. It would because be if we're looking at it right smart. now. It would be. Yeah, if we're looking at the state. Are, are we talking about right now or hypothetical? Well, like hypothetical. We I think right the now there's a, a lot of those teams are owing too. But so, so so if we think one through four is going to stay the same in the northeast, right? Yeah, so it's we'd have it's to look BIC, at we have two more spots watch, to fill. Yeah, right now BIC, it's the Snow Tribe and the Renegades. That's what I'm saying. It's only it's really just the Snow Tribe and the Renegades. And what we'll see is either a Renegades Animals rematch which I'm pretty sure everybody wants. And then we might see a Snow Tribe Watchmen kind of situation going. I'm not sure. Because the Watchmen would be, if they lose to the U, they're the lower man on the totem pole. Out of that top three, they'd be the three. And I That, think- that animal's Renegades rematch? Listen, I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could call that game. I think I have to just go watch. And, and right scream. now, I'll call it. If the, I'll be if watching the season it ended it. today, mm-hmm. it would be the BIC playing the Renegades and the Watchmen playing the Snow Tribe. Yeah, but I think right. I think as as we go on, the listen yeah. animals are undefeated. You got to beat them. You got to knock them off. And I don't think that we're ever going to pick uh, the animals over BIC this year. But, you know, we watch that game and, and, and we see Huff making interceptions and throwing touchdowns. Crazier things have happened in the A7 NFL for sure. Crazy, way crazier. <laughs> so, and we're not even talking about the Nightcrawlers. And, and Vegas would be interesting too because the, if it's the same situation, we may see the Hunters play the Force and the Sickwood play the OTT. I think we know what, the, those games would end up looking like right but the BIC may have the best path to the championship of any team because they're so good and right. you can put them they've faced they're one of their you know two of their toughest opponents they're probably going to face their toughest opponent for the rest of the season next week they can conceivably run the table the U I'm not, I think they, they lose against the BIC and then can run the table. The animals I have the way more questions on because they're going to be playing an eclectic group. They're not playing the watchmen, but they are playing an eclectic group of players. But I will the say next this couple of weeks. There is the elite elite teams. And when we, when we talk about the top 10, we, we know who those are. Right. But I think the the step down from the elite elite teams, there's a lot of teams fighting in that that step down. So we could say things like, you know, the Nightcrawlers are five, or you know, the, the the Insomniacs or this and that. You know, really, right now, based on what we've seen, BIC looks like who we thought they were, right. and then there's a lot of teams that improved that are looking to prove even more. So you know, teams like the Animals. Teams like the Insomniacs, including teams like the Nightcrawlers, which I don't think they can even prove anything to us. We were talking about this on the top 10. They can't prove anything to us until the final four. They can only disprove things. And they're put in a tough situation, but they're also put in a pretty decent situation. Hey, you got to take care of Florida, and then you're going to have to beat the top team in the Northeast. And if they do that, then they might even be the favorite in the championship. But – uh. Hey, even even though it's only week two, we got all these storylines brewing, guys. Enjoy Easter because as soon as we get back, you better be ready, locked in. We're going to bring you some great football, great spring football. I completely agree, and I think that's a great place to leave it off. We'll head on into the holiday. Uh, be sure to get your merch, tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. You can get shirts with all of our faces on them. And uh, you can head over to tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Support our sponsor, Skillshare. The link's right there on either side of me. Unless you're watching, listening, you click the link in the description of the podcast. But we'll be back next week as we will break down the games for week three and whatever else drama that has popped up in the American Sevens Football League. 
We're drama free football. here. What's that? <laughs> I said we're drama free here, Matt. Oh yeah. None of the yeah, three of not, us are dramatic at all. If you love the Vanderpump rules, you will love the American Sevens Football League. That is basically my opinion at this point. Um, <laughs> if you love pro football and pro wrestling, you are an A7FL fan in waiting. We uh, will welcome you with open arms. Uh, but in your eyes, the light, the heat, your eyes, we feel complete as this show is complete. And we will say to you, as always, don't be an asshole. I'll try. I'll try. Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts. And also, we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon. A Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt, hoodie, and a whole lot more. You can get all of them right now, sent to you nice, comfy, and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. And also, you can find it in the show notes. Now back to that podcast you like.